So today is uh, August, what is it? August 30th, 2020. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 20, with the paragraph you have, may have already, to page 22. This is by no means. Um, Nancy P., if you could read that for us. Sure. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us become so very ill from drinking. Doubtless, you are curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Before going into a detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl, I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him, but there he is, all lit up again. Now, these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. Here is the fellow who has been puzzling you, especially in his lack of control. He does absurd, incredible, tragic things while drinking. He is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He is seldom mildly intoxicated. He is always more or less insanely drunk. His disposition while drinking resembles his normal nature but little. He may be one of the finest fellows in the world, yet let him drink for a day and he frequently becomes disgustingly and even dangerously antisocial. He has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment, particularly when some important decision must be made or engagement kept. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor, but in that respect, he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. He often possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes, and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then pulls the structure down on his head by a senseless series of sprees. He is the fellow who goes to bed so intoxicated he ought to sleep the clock around, yet early next morning he searches madly for the bottle he misplaced the night before. If he can afford it, he, he may have liquor concealed all over his house and be certain no one get, to be certain no one gets his entire supply away from him to throw down the waste pipe. As matters grow worse, he begins to use, the combi use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it and gets drunk all over again. Perhaps he goes to a doctor who gives him morphine or some sedative with which to taper off. Then he begins to appear at hospitals and sanitariums. This is by no means a comprehensive picture of the true alcoholic as our behavior paradigms vary, but this description should identify him roughly. Thank you so much, Nancy P. 
And we are going to have our guest speaker today is Kendall H. from Pennsylvania, and she's going to speak for approximately 20 minutes, and that will be followed by open sharing. Good morning, Kendall. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. I'm Kendall H., recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. I'm in a suburb of Philly called Bernathan, um, where I did a lot of my growing up. And uh, I was in and out of OA 15 years before um, getting absent in February 24th of this year, um, right as the, I had no idea the pandemic was about to hit us. And I can't believe that divine timing. Um, recovered since April and um, grateful to have this opportunity to speak on these pages today. Uh, so, page 20, one of my favorite, favorite sentences. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? I was taught to circle the word if, and I can stop reading the book right now if I'm not an alcoholic who wants to get over it. Um, it's conditional. So it's a question I can ask myself, is this something I want to get over? I'm prepared to change, do something different. And in my case, um, the answer in February was yes, but I think I smile in recollection of previous years of my life where the real answer was no. So it's no wonder I couldn't receive um, what this book had, had to offer me. Um, I love another sentence here. It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. I was struck by this. Um, I was struck by the way they phrase this. We shall tell you what we have done. Not we will tell you what you must do. Um, it's an invitation for me to learn from a path that people have walked before me and I can choose to adopt it or not. Um, okay, the section where there's all those questions from people who have a different mindset than I do. Why don't you try beer and wine? Um, a comment I wrote down from my life experience in the last month is, um, the gluten-free carrot chips are really good. And my truth is that chips of any kind give me an effect. Regardless of others' assessments of how healthy something is, I have to ask myself, is it safe for me? Does it give me an effect? Ingredients do matter, but I know the truth, which is that chips are deadly for me. And that um, to succumb to someone else's thinking about what's healthy and acceptable is not looking at the truth of um, what I suffer from. <clears throat> um, these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different than ours. So snacking is the way my husband likes to consume food. It's his mode and it works for him. Uh, but the truth for me is that um, eating in small quantities over the course of the afternoon and evening, it 
it slides into binging immediately. So I've done, a, you, you may be able to tell, I've done a lot of observing other people and wondering how I might get to be like them. And it's just taken a lot of years to see I, I, I am not like somebody with food. Like I'm not like my husband. Um, and it, it can turn very quickly into self-hatred without an available solution, which is the chapter we're in here. Um, luckily, there is a way for me, a real compulsive overeater, to recover. But it's not by adopting what isn't inside of my integrity, what isn't inside of the truth about Kendall. You know, I, I went to uh, residential treatment for food addiction for four weeks in 2015 and six weeks in 2017. Um, I am a hardcore compulsive overeater who hasn't been able to find a way to, to stop eating my binge foods and stay stopped without the solution that I've had the last six months. Uh, so if you're struggling, there is hope and it's not a perfect mess-free path, um, but I love hearing from um, relapsers in recovery now because it, it, gave, it gave me hope in early February or late February when I was just starting to, um, it gave me hope that because I relapsed a lot didn't mean that this book wasn't for me. Someone said, if you relapse a lot, this book is more likely for, uh, for you than, than not. <clears throat> okay, so this is still on page 20. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. In my, so in my case, I was on a work call and a coworker proudly announced that he lost 20 pounds after giving up sugar. He realized it didn't serve him, is what he said. Um, that was the beginning, middle, and end of the story, as I know it, anyway. Um, he had a problem, he realized it didn't serve him, and he lost, he gave up sugar and lost 20 pounds. Um, it's not my story. The simplicity is very attractive, but that's just not, I'm not a moderate eater. Uh, page 21. Hard drinkers can also stop or moderate, although a hard drinker can also stop or moderate, although he may find it troublesome. Um, this is one of my relatives. His weight fluctuates, but or her weight fluctuates, but her mind uh, is not consumed by thoughts of food when she isn't eating it. I know this because I lived with her and she shared with me. I do do a lot of speculating, but in this case, we had open conversations about it. Um, one of the things I noticed was how long it took her to finish a meal. It astonished me. She was too busy chatting and putting her fork in and out of her mouth slowly. I witnessed her 40 pound weight loss before her family wedding with confusion and rage. How was it so straightforward? What about the real alcoholic? 
At some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. This was me with food at age 12. I had followed a self-defined diet for a year, my hair falling out and arms, um, arms growing fuzz in seventh grade. At some point I snapped. Binge eating muddy buddies on weekends became the norm. Every two years I gained 20 pounds. Much later I put on 20 pounds in 30 days. That was 2018. He is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I wrote dash me, <laughs> especially me, um, me abstinent versus me sedated by my binge foods um, or wishing I were sedated and trapped by some obligation that was keeping me from my food. So I'm talking about calm version of me versus what I call Rage Kendall. And Rage Kendall, by the way, has not totally left the scene. Uh, it's something, it's still a problem I struggle with daily, but that I am not wishing people would get out of my face so I could, you know, get to the ATM, get my cash and get my drive-through junk. I just, it couldn't happen fast, it couldn't happen fast enough. And I hated people. I felt the hate in my chest for the disruption to my, my mission. Um, here's the fellow who has been puzzling you, especially in his lack of control. So about my own life, I wrote, um, many have been convinced by my self-discipline and apparent success, especially in school. Um, I saved my out-of-control behavior for bathroom stalls in my own bedroom. The lack of control was evident at certain times with a select few, except when there was rapid weight gain that couldn't not be noticed and depression so heavy I couldn't get out of bed. Um, more, more people noticed at the low points. And... Um, in 2015, for that first treatment stint, I left a job. And in 2017, I left school. So uh, my lack of control, you know, I, I couldn't, I, I could hold a certain facade together for so long before I couldn't. And all boundaries and standards drained out of the floor and I was um, finding a way to isolate and binge eat as much food as possible, either in my room, in the bathroom, or in my car. Um, page 22, he may have liquor concealed all over his house. Uh, for me, it wasn't, a, it wasn't about someone getting my chocolate away from me it was about maintaining the front that I wasn't doing it. So yes, I concealed uh, chocolate in my bedside table, in my car glove box, and in a, in a cabinet in the kitchen where no, nobody used it. Um, 
upset, but it wasn't about someone getting it away from me. It, I just, I was preserving my friend. Or I, I thought I was. <laughs> um, oh, I'd shove items in the freezer strategically to draw attention away from the back corners. As matters grow worse, okay. Um, different part of the page. As matters grow worse, he begins to use a combination of high-powered sedative and liquor. My high-powered sedative was donuts and my uh, performance drug was coffee. And I did not see in the beginning of this time period um, the truth about coffee. And I've only uh, given it up in th this last month. And um, I wrote, you know, recovered since April, but blind to the truth about coffee in my life. And that has been quite a challenge. It's like, it's like there's a beautiful stone. And I got this image when I was sitting with the feeling I had after putting down this alcoholic food. It was like there was this beautiful stone in my backyard, which I, I can see my yard here. It's like, but nobody ever touched it. And one day I decided to, it's like I saw, you know, saw some movement under, under it. So I went over there, overturned it, and just like spiders teamed. Like that was, that was my mind when I put down this alcoholic substance and um, it had been hiding obsession. So it's been a scary month and I, I share that because I didn't see it coming and I thought I was sailing. Um, I had many months of neutrality and have this month really seen the truth that without putting down everything that keeps me in bondage, um, I'm, I'm living a lie. So it, things are getting better, but this, this high powered sedative being donuts and the performance drug being coffee, it's a really succinct way to remind myself of the truth. Then comes the day when he simply cannot make it. Um, at age 23, I lived in Pittsburgh and I worked for a nonprofit as an event coordinator. And um, the way I got through the desperation and pressure was to eat mass quantities of my sedative foods. Uh, one morning I found I couldn't muster the energy to fight the hangover. I was disgusted with myself, but my physical condition was in charge that day. I was in bed for hours. Uh, 13 years later, I'm in a different state. I still struggle with rage, terror, and recently grief, uh, for which I'm getting outside help. Uh, but I'm clear that I have access to a power in my life that is doing for me what I haven't been able to do um, myself. And my direction comes from God. And I believe that this process in studying the book has unblocked me 
and helped me to see the truth about my life, both the, both the beauty and the stuff I would rather not see. I, I want to put that damn rock back where it was because the feelings that have surfaced, you know, I found this sticky note in the back of my book, big book. I think I wrote this while I was going through my steps. Um, I vow default colon. I value how I feel over all else. So of course, of course I want to go back and put the stone on top of the spiders. I don't want to feel. That's what, that's what food did for me. There was an initial pleasure spike. And for me, the um, effect wasn't just seconds. I know I hear some people speak about seconds, but for me, like the pleasure's gone, but the sedation sets in. And that is what I've really relied on to cope with, the, with my life and with myself. So um, it's a new way of life to not use my feelings to dictate what I do and how I behave. And, um, you know, I, I love thinking, I, I just, I have access to a new solution and like a daily choice to renew my access. And it's like going back to that part that we studied in the very beginning of this. If you are an alcoholic, who wants to get over it? Like, I don't even need, I don't even need to read the rest of that sentence if that isn't true for me. But yes, I am an, I am an alcoholic, I'm a compulsive overeater who wants to get over this. I don't want my old solution anymore. So when I hear it call to me, there is only one thing to do. And that's to plug into the new solution that has given me, um, I'm six months removed from my binge eating. That is, it's, it's a miracle. And um, I'm so grateful for the uh, very crisp language of this book that says stuff like, we will tell you precisely what you have to do. Um, oh no. Uh, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. I love specifics. Um, and it also makes it, um, it also makes it doable for me where I'm just, get, I'm just, I'm supposed to be on the step I'm on and that I don't have to solve everything. My, my higher power has got that under control. He's the bird's eye view man. And I am, I am to do what's uh, in front of me. And um, I'm just, I, I'm feeling moved to say a prayer. Um, so, you know, later on in this um, study, we learn about the third step prayer. And this centers me in um, remembering that actions I take, I want to be centered in usefulness to God. So I'm just going to take a breath and um, feel free to join me if you want to in that prayer. And um, I think that will be it for me. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. 
Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Kendall. Um, could we turn off the recording?